2: What is going on, friends? Welcome back to another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast. Billy Ossetti with you guys here on Crossover Thursday, one of my favorite days of the week. And this episode is being brought to you by our friends at Visa. Listen, help support your local businesses, whether they're corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. So the next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. We're back here. It's Thursday, Crossover Thursday. Hope you guys are having a great week and are excited for this one. Always enjoy the crossover episodes. This time around, it's myself and James Yarko of Locked On Buccaneers getting you set for a big NFC South battle on Sunday afternoon as both these teams look to avoid the 0-2 start, which more often than not signals your Probably not going to make the playoffs. We've seen it happen a couple times in recent memory, but uh, certainly more often than not, you start 0-2, you're very likely going to uh, finish outside of the playoffs, especially in a division like the NFC South and some of the other contenders in the NFC. So this is a a big game for both these teams. So we'll see what happens. Should be exciting. And hope you guys are excited for the crossover with myself and James. But before we get into that, uh, I do want to touch on the – the injury report from Wednesday. We kind of touched on it a little bit uh, at the end of yesterday's episode, but uh, we got the full report here, so I want to run through that real quick here. So we'll start, of course, with the Panthers. Seven players were on the list for uh, for Wednesday's report. Two players did not practice on Wednesday. One of them continues to be Dennis Daly as he's still dealing with that ankle injury so uh unless things turn around it's looking like another start from Michael Schofield at left guard the other player that didn't practice this week or on Wednesday was k1 shorts um you know of course we know he dealt with injuries for most of last season and um he's got another one here he's got a, a foot injury now uh, did not practice. Did not practice Wednesday. Hopefully, things change for uh, as the week goes on. So, we'll continue to monitor that. Yito Gross Matos was limited Wednesday with an eye injury. Not sure if he suffered that injury uh, during the game or how that injury came about. You know, whether he had it and it played a factor of him not playing many snaps on Sunday. I don't know. But he was listed with an eye injury uh, on Wednesday. And then four players were listed as full participants uh, for the first practice. Pharoah Cooper with ribs. Uh, Shaq Thompson with a groin injury. Stephen Weatherly with that hamstring injury. And Dante Jackson was a full participant with that ankle injury that caused, that caused him to leave Sunday's game early against the Raiders. So a big step toward him coming back this week, him being a, a full participant on Wednesday, so we'll see how that rolls out for the rest of the week. But a great start for um for Dante Jackson. On the flip side, the Buccaneers injury report. Uh, the biggest story as of now for uh from their Wednesday injury report is that, and we kind of snuck this in right at the end, right when I saw the tweet live as I was as I was recording. Uh, but Chris Godwin. Uh, is in the concussion protocol, so he did not practice Wednesday. So that'll obviously be the biggest story to keep an eye on as the week goes by. But Chris Godwin was the only player that did not participate in practice on Wednesday. Three players were limited in practice on Wednesday. That includes uh, the biggest one, of course, being wide receiver Mike Evans with that hamstring injury. Of course, he did play on Sunday Sunday. Uh, but only had one catch on four targets. And that one catch, of course, came in the fourth quarter when the Saints were already pretty much in control of that game. Uh, tackle Donovan Smith, another big name on the list there. He was limited with a knee injury. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. And then tight end Auden, or Anthony Auclair with a uh, a calf injury. He was limited as well. And then safety Jordan Whitehead listed with an elbow injury, but he was a full participant in Wednesday's practice. So we'll see how the injury report looks on uh, fr- or from Thursday going into Friday. And then, of course, um, by Friday afternoon, we'll know who's in and who is out. So uh, always interesting uh, to see how this plays out, but uh, definitely some big storylines. To keep an eye on early here again, especially with uh, with Chris Godwin, if he can't go, it's obviously a huge loss for the Buccaneers with no Chris Godwin and a uh, a banged up banged up Mike Evans. So it'll give the Panthers a little bit more of a chance, but it'll still be a, a tough matchup nonetheless. But again, those are uh, big things to to keep an eye on there. Uh, so that's kind of the quick news going into into Thursday's action, and like I said, we're going to jump right into uh, Crossover Thursday. It's myself and James Yarko of Locked On Bucks, just kind of going back and forth, talking all things Panthers and Buccaneers, and then some impact players and score predictions. So I hope you guys are excited for that, but before we we get into that, a shout-out to a couple of our great sponsors here, our friends over at CBD. MD. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints, in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and Vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order. When you use the promo code LockedOnNFL at checkout, so once again that's CBDMD.com promo code LockedOnNFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And our friends over at NFL Game Pass this season get your get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap. ...from every game with full game replays. And see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks... ...and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place that you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players... ...with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes... Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. So go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. And so with all that in mind, like I said, it's Crossover Thursday, getting ready for Panthers Buccaneers. So without further ado, here's my chat with James Yarko of Locked On Buccaneers. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover,
0: It's a crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are talking Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Carolina Panthers. I am James Yarko of the Locked On Bucks Podcast, joined by Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers. Bill, how you
2: doing, my man? I'm doing great, James. Always good to talk with you guys here. Always excited for these Panthers-Bucks matchups.
0: Yeah, a couple yeah. of a couple of new faces in this one, and, and it'll be exciting to see how they play out, both of our teams faced the same fate in in week one. But the story for both of our teams, of course, is the new quarterback situation.
2: Yeah, obviously uh, the big highlight in Tampa Bay, everyone looking forward to Tom Brady's debut, which didn't obviously go as planned. He kind of struggled a bit. And then Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater had a, a solid first game as a Panthers quarterback. But uh, the defense, we kind of expected would be a little bit of a, a hiccup uh in that in that first game which was to be expected but uh, overall I thought both quarterbacks looked pretty good um so it's going to be interesting to see how these two guys go at it on Sunday in Tampa I'm excited to to watch it absolutely Um, absolutely but um yeah and I guess that's kind of where we'll start things off because we're just going to go back and forth kind of chatting a bit here so I, I think that's a good place to start is just you know, what happened on Sunday, you know, with that offense, we obviously thought it'd be a little bit better of a performance, you know, obviously, you know, Tom Brady's no spring chicken. He's 43 years old, but um, did we expect like, I don't know if I want to say like a huge drop off, but he, he obviously struggled on Sunday and, you know, through two interceptions, one of which was returned for a touchdown by Janoris Jenkins. So what exactly happened with Brady and this offense on Sunday against the Saints?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just a matter of not being quite on the same page yet. By and large, Brady actually looked pretty good. He was off on a few throws. The receivers, you know, there were a couple of drops in there. There were a couple of big plays that were broken up. Like Mike Evans had one, uh, a, a deep pass early in the game that, Ended up falling incomplete, but it was a huge pass interference call. You know, the Bucks went on to score on that drive. So it's just these little little kinks that need to be worked out. I think the biggest issue was protection. I mean, Brady was getting pressured. He was getting hit. Donovan Smith had an absolutely abysmal game. And once they start cleaning some of those things up, you know, this offense is going to click. I mean, even when they weren't playing great, they still put up some solid points uh you know still converted on some key third downs it'll be interesting as we get more into the season seeing how much more Leonard Fournette gets incorporated into this offense it was the Ronald Jones show Leonard Fournette only had a couple of carries in the game but he was in you know kind of speed mode trying to get caught up on the offense he joined the team for Tuesday practice for a Sunday game not being with them all offseason so he'll become a bigger part moving forward I am nowhere near hitting panic on this Buccaneers offense because I still think it's going to be very, very good. Is Brady going to have to put up the kind of statistical year that Jameis did last year as far as passing yards and touchdowns? No, probably not. And that's because the defense played so well, and we expect that to continue. I know it's a, it's a little misleading to see that the Saints put up 34 points, uh, you know, and then I turn around and say that the defense was – was playing well but you know the offense did put them in in some rough situations but I want to I want to flip it over to your side now and continue talking about the quarterback Teddy Bridgewater was a guy that a lot of Buccaneers fans thought could be a target for the Bucks. David and I talked about it quite a few times that Teddy Bridgewater would fit well with Bruce Arians and this offense and a, a lot of the haters so to speak talked about how Teddy can't throw the deep ball, but it looked on Sunday like, you know, Teddy had no problem pushing the ball down the field. How has he looked in this in this new look Carolina offense with guys like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and, of course, Christian McCaffrey?
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, you, you already see kind of the comfort level with uh, this offense and Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, we know of the connection that he had in the past with Joe Brady when they were both – in New Orleans together in 2018. So there was already that uh, familiarity uh, with the offense there. And you can kind of see that the offense is already starting to open up a little bit. They're not, not afraid to let Teddy kind of sling it a little bit. You know, most of his, a good bit of his throws were kind of um, intermediate throws, but yeah, he definitely was allowed to, you know, chuck it deep a couple of times and um, had some success. Of course he had that, nice touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson on the double move that went for 75 yards so this offense is going is going to stretch defenses a little bit i think and when you have you know three good wide receivers like like the Panthers do and three rec- three receivers that can kind of beat you in a number of different ways and a quarterback that can get the ball to them and you know obviously no disrespect to Cam Newton um but it's certainly nice to have a a healthy quarterback again in Carolina and nice to see just an offense that can just move the ball at a, at a consistent pace. Right. I mean, you know, that was the the key factor in the Panthers just hanging tight in this game with the Raiders was they had to score points and they obviously did that, right. They scored 30 points and um, they had the lead late or not late, but they had the lead in the fourth quarter, which is, All you can ask for as a young rebuilding team like the Panthers is to have a lead in the middle of the fourth quarter uh, against a a pretty good offense like the Raiders. And, again, part of that was Teddy Bridgewater. He played a clean game, you know, didn't turn the ball over at all. Uh, In fact, the Panthers as a team didn't turn the ball over at all in that game neither team did actually it was an overall a clean game so it's nice to see Teddy get that you know first good starts uh, especially after uh, what was obviously uh, an intriguing off season. but um, he showed that he's still capable of being a starting quarterback in this uh, in this league and I'm excited to continue to see him going forward and just watch this offense grow uh, the rest of the season and going forward. Um, I want to flip it over too on, uh, on defense too. I was wanted to talk on defense. Uh, this, there was a lot of talk obviously on this secondary and kind of the youth movement that this team had and in watching in watching them a little bit and just seeing some of these young players at it. I mean, this, this looks like a really good young secondary. They've got some key pieces here going forward. Can you just kind of, let Panthers fans know what they can expect with the secondary. Obviously, you have the draft pick in Antoine Winfield, but I mean they've got a good up and coming quarter uh, cornerback, excuse me, in uh in Sean Murphy Bunting. And then Carlton Davis has had a solid career so far. Jordan Whitehead at safety. I mean, they've they've got some good young pieces. So if you just want to uh, expand a little bit on what these Panthers receivers will be seeing on Sunday. Yeah, it's you
0: know, Not going to be an easy test for Teddy Bridgewater against this secondary. It's not the way that this secondary was playing when Teddy saw them in 2019 as a member of the New Orleans Saints when Drew Brees was out with that thumb injury. Michael Thomas, arguably the best receiver in the NFL. I don't personally think so, but some people do. Three receptions, 17 yards on five targets on Sunday – Carlton Davis shadowed him all over the field absolutely shut him down and he was a mistimed pass interference call away from deflecting a ball up in the air for Sean Murphy bunting to intercept there was a blown coverage by Jamel Dean it looked like he just kind of fell asleep left Jared Cook wide open for a 45 yard gain which went on to uh to result in a Saints touchdown on that drive but this secondary you're right it is up and coming it is really good it's coming together Antoine Winfield Jr this kid is an absolute wrecking ball he has a motor unlike any safety I've seen in the Buccaneers secondary in over a decade he's all over the field he was getting pressure on Drew Brees he was getting after the running backs he was dropping back in coverage and and you know, getting on receivers, getting on tight ends. He is going to be a force. And to see all that in his NFL debut gives me a lot of promise for the future for him if he continues to show you know, plays like he showed in week one against the Saints. This kid could be a pro bowler. He could be an all pro. He is an absolute wrecking ball. I, I love watching him play. And yeah, I mean, I, I like the Panthers receivers, but I wouldn't say that any of them are really You know, your household names, like a Michael Thomas was, you have DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and and I I think Robbie Anderson could kind of reinvigorate and and re-energize his career getting out of New York, going to Carolina, playing with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. I like the things that Robbie Anderson can do. But against this secondary, I would give the advantage to the Buccaneers because of not only how well they played down the stretch in 2019, but the flashes that they showed – In week one, give me a lot of promise for the season moving forward. The one thing they need to focus on, and I actually had a caller, uh, you know, call into to David and my show here, talking about how they had some tackling issues, and they do. So those are some things that get shored up, you know, as you continue to play. It's it's the mechanics, it's being disciplined, and and doing things the right way. And they just flat out were kind of out of practice, and like a lot of NFL teams were in week one. So. As the season goes, I I expect the secondary to continue to get even stronger. Real quick before I talk to you about the Panthers' defense, I do have to touch on the X factor in this game, Christian McCaffrey. I talked about him a lot on my show yesterday. And this is a guy, 2019, over 1,300 rushing yards, over 1,000 receiving yards, just an absolute monster. He might be the best player in the NFL. But, and this is a big but, against the Buccaneers in 2019, 38 carries for 68 yards, six receptions for 42 yards, two total touchdowns in two games. What does Christian McCaffrey have to do to get going against the only defense in the NFL that was able to completely shut him down last season?
2: Yeah, that was that was the big thing. I, it certainly is going to help. They they're going to have um, a healthier quarterback now in play uh, to kind of take some of the pressure off McCaffrey. Obviously, last year you were looking at a banged up Cam Newton in Week Two, and then Kyle Allen uh, a few weeks later, who obviously started hot when there was wasn't much game film on him, and then once things started to catch up to him a bit with some of these other teams, that's when the, the wheels fell off. So having Teddy Bridgewater back there now is going to help. And um, you certainly have a better offensive line. I mean, you, you know, you've you've got Russell Okung at tackle, which was an upgrade. Obviously they downgraded a bit at the, uh, the guards position. You know, Michael Schofield's not bad, but he's certainly no Trey Turner. And then Dennis Daly is still – battling injuries so he's still a question mark again for this uh this week but just having the talent now that uh, this offense has I think should allow things to open up a little bit uh for for Christian McCaffrey and you want to see him kind of get the ball more early in the game too you know they really didn't give him that many carries and you know that much work in the first half. It wasn't until the second half that things really started to to pick up for him. And then, of course, we saw what happened on that late fourth down play where he didn't even touch the ball. So it's all about just continuing to feed him. You know, eventually something's going to break. But yeah, it's it's still pretty crazy to think that this was the one team really, or at least the the biggest team that caused him uh, the most problems last season but again I think the Panthers at least are are better suited now to um to allow them to operate better uh against this defense even though it's still a a, a really good defense you know they kind of held Alvin Kamara in check to a point obviously Kamara had a couple of scores um but numbers-wise, I mean, Kamara wasn't the usual Kamara. He didn't even lead the lead, or didn't even lead the Saints in rushing in week one. That was Latavius Murray. So, um, it's it's a tough matchup. It's always a tough matchup when you go against that Buccaneers front seven. But uh, you just hope that they they just utilize him, I guess, more so than they did in week one and in those two games last year against the Bucks. And then kind of, you know, going off of that, I think, you know, we'll kind of talk about somebody uh, kind of a, an X factor, or maybe a couple X factors, really one position I want to focus on too, again, here on the offense. And uh, that's the tight end position. You know, obviously Rob Gronkowski, bringing him in, brought in all the headlines, but we saw OJ Howard get a touchdown last week. And then, um, you know, there's questions on how much this is going to hinder Cameron Brate. So, what's the what's the plan going forward at the tight end position? Can Gronk kind of get back to, to what he was? You know, obviously this was his first game in over a year, so we can understand that he was a little bit slow. Can he pick his game up? What do they plan on doing with, uh, with Howard and Brate? Can all three of these guys operate together?
0: Yeah, Gronk certainly looked like a guy who – was playing his first football game in over a year. Still had a couple of catches, nothing flashy, nothing great. Brady tried to force in the ball in the second half into triple coverage on that gronk seam, and uh just didn't work. It, it thankfully it fell incomplete. It could it was another very dangerous throw. But yeah, we saw o. j. Howard emerge kind of as the guy out of the tight end position, they did run some three tight end sets. There was one time they lined up with three tight ends, set Braid in motion, he goes back and becomes the lead blocker in an I formation for Ronald Jones. That was, that was a little wrinkle that we really hadn't seen much before. Uh, so I don't, I don't know exactly what we're going to expect out of the tight end position. A lot of the reports out of camp was O.J. was going to be the guy in between the 20s, and Gronk was going to be more of that red zone target guy. He didn't get many, if any, red zone targets that I that I can recall. And it, you're right, it was O.J. Howard that got the touchdown, but that was another multiple tight end set. O.J. kind of snuck past the linebackers and was wide open. There wasn't a guy within 15, 20 yards of him in the end zone for that touchdown pass. So I think it's going to be a matter of exposing the right, matchups. If you have OJ in a plus matchup, he's going to be the one to get the ball. If you have Gronk in the plus matchup, then it's going to go to him. Brait is still going to get his opportunities throughout the year. Is he going to get as many as OJ or, or Gronk? No, absolutely not. And I could see Brait being one of those guys. Of course, we've talked about it for two or three years now The Brait could be one of those guys that gets moved in the offseason or, or at the trade deadline. And he continues to stick around, restructured his contract to stay here, take a little bit less money. Um, They're going to utilize all these guys the best they can, but there's only one football to go around, and you you have the three tight ends. You still have Godwin and Mike Evans. You got Rojo and Fournette and Shady. So there's a lot of mouths to feed, but nobody's complaining about being hungry if you're winning games. You know, Brayton and OJ aren't going to be making a stink if they have no targets but the Bucs win 41-17. to 17. It's – it's at the end of the day, they're all doing their part to win a Lombardi. So, the tight end position is going to be interesting to monitor throughout the year because it could be like those old, old New Orleans offenses that we were so used to seeing where it was, who was Drew Brees' receiver du jour? You know, one week it was Marcus Colston. Another week it was, you yeah, know, whoever. They, they've they had so many stinking receivers. I can't remember them all now. But – uh. Yeah, stay away from him in fantasy football, but definitely keep an eye on him in the games because the tight ends are certainly going to be major, major factors for the Bucs offense moving forward. Uh, Finally, Bill, the last thing that I have for you in regards to getting people prepped up for this matchup is there was a lot of investment in this Carolina defense in the offseason. It was a defensive heavy draft. You have the new head coach. You have the new staff. What have you started to see out of this Panthers defense? And, you know, what are, what are some of the shortcomings that you've come across? And what are some positive signs that you've seen that shows that this defense can kind of emerge as one of the better defenses maybe sometime this year or heading into next year? Kind of like what we just saw with the Buccaneers. Rough start to the season last year. By the end, they were, they were top five down the stretch. So what are you seeing out of this Carolina defense?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some flashes. I'm seeing, um, especially from the rookies, and, and we'll start there because you're right. There was a, a lot of investment on, uh, on young defensive players. I mean, you had four rookies uh, starting. One played every single snap on defense, and that was Jeremy Chin. You have to start with him, I think. Uh, Jeremy Chin is certainly as advertised. I mean, he's flying around the field. He's making excellent open field tackles. He's showing what he was at uh, Southern Illinois, and that was a, a good sized safety, kind of a, a lighter version of Isaiah Simmons, who you know a lot of people thought the Panthers could have pulled the trigger on at number seven, but they went with Derrick Brown, who had a solid first game of his own. You know, he had that uh that knockdown pass during the game and uh got a couple of stops. You know, he flashed that dominance that he had while at Auburn. And then um, I, I'd like to see a little more out of Yito Gros Matos, their first second round pick. He only played about 25% of the snaps in week one. So you'd like to see that number go up a little bit, but you know, he's still in the rotation with Stephen Weatherly at the edge position who clearly that injury, I guess, wasn't bothering him uh, as much as we might've thought it would with him playing about 60% of the snaps, but a lot, a lot of the youth um, just um, just showed that they're starting to build a, a nice foundation here in Carolina. And then Troy pride was the the fourth rookie that started out at the, uh, the cornerback position, partly because Eli Apple is on injured reserve. Uh, and then Troy pride really had to step up because Dante Jackson went down with injury. So Pride, I thought, handled himself well. And then Rasul Douglas on the other side of the ball, you know, only being with the Panthers for about a week, you know, didn't have his first practice with the team until Wednesday, got forced into major playing time in week one with the Dante Jackson injury. And I thought he held himself pretty well. And then, you know, the back end of the secondary, uh, Trey Boston and Justin Burris showing to be a a good duo so far. Boston, we know what he's he's shown so far. We know – how good of a safety he is and then Justin Burris always brought over that versatility uh, or showed a little bit of versatility that he brought over from Cleveland so the pieces are there uh, in Carolina you know run defense is obviously still an issue they got gashed a little bit by that Raiders offensive line and by Josh Jacobs who ended up with three touchdowns so a little bit of a concern there especially going into this week with how well Ronald Jones played and then However much more they want to sprinkle in Leonard Fournette, and it's another good offensive line that they're going up against in Tampa Bay. So that's a concern for this weekend. Um, and then the, the corners. I mean, again, Rasul Douglas played well, but Troy Pride. It's only going to be a second game, and you're talking him now going up against either Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, which is obviously a huge step up from facing Henry Ruggs. And Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs burnt them a couple times. He had that big 45 yard play and then uh, gave up the touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. I mean, he was kind of close to Aguilar, but Aguilar just had uh, a bit of a step on Troy Pride. So um, that's going to be a huge, huge mismatch. So those are concerning to me. But like I said, you saw some positives from the Panthers but they've got to clean up the run defense, and they've got to clean up uh, the pass rush because they didn't get – I don't even think they were credited with a, a quarterback hit on Derek Carr, let alone a sack. So that's got to that's upgrade. So, you know, some correctable mistakes to work on, um, but definitely some, uh, some positives going forward as well. And, again, it's only week one. And, like I said, I mean, when you've got four rookies out there playing a little bit to significant playing time, on defense without a preseason, that's a, a huge obstacle to overcome. So in time with experience, that group is going to continue to connect. And, um, I, I think they're going to be fine. Fine. And, you know, Shaq Thompson just kind of, and, yeah. you know, they certainly missed Luke Keekley uh, in the middle of the defense. With all due respect, Iyer Whitehead is, uh, is no Luke Keekley but I, I thought he had a, a solid first game, um, manning the uh, the middle of the defense there. So looking forward to seeing how this how this defense grows over the next few weeks but uh it's certainly going to be another tough one this weekend uh for the first couple of weeks as they got some tough matchups going forward here.
0: Coming up <laughs> in just a minute, uh Bill and I are going to name our impact players of the game and our score predictions, but first, of course, we have to give a shout out to our friends over at NFL game pass wrapping things up here on a crossover thursday here on the locked on podcast network james yarko of the locked on bucks podcast bill Rossetti of locked on panthers and uh bill it's time for those predictions why don't you go ahead and name your impact player of the game for the carolina panthers
2: yeah i'm gonna go you know, maybe a bit outside the box. It's a name I just mentioned in the last segment. But, again, I thought he had a good game week one. and He's certainly going to have to step up, depending on uh, the severity of Dante Jackson's injury, at least for this week. And I'm going to go with Rasul Douglas. You know, these um, – if the Panthers are going to have any hope of winning this game, um, it's going to come down to those cornerbacks and it's going to come down to a guy like – like uh, Russell Douglas stepping up and uh, trying to hold his own here against a guy like Chris or uh, Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. I always tend to mix up those names, I think. <laughs> I, I did the same thing at the, the scouting combine, too, when I was talking to Bruce Arians. I think I mixed up their names there as well. So it, it tends to happen for some reason. But um, these corners got to have a big game if, if the Panthers are going to have – any hope of winning this game? So if Rasul Douglas can kind of carry over the momentum that he seemed to build a little bit in Week One, um, maybe they have a shot. But I mean, boy, it's uh, it, it's going to be a tough a tough matchup all all across the board, I think. But um, if I'm going to pick one player, um, and then I guess I'll throw you know Brian Burns. I, I said about the pass rush, Brian Burns. He's got to get he's got to get after Tom Brady. They've got to put pressure on him. And he's got to have a, a better game than he did week one. So I would say those would probably be the top two, I would say, that need to make a huge impact uh, if the Panthers are going to win this game. But uh, what do you think over on the, the Buccaneers' side here?
0: Well, I go back to somebody that I asked you about in the last segment, and, and that was that was Christian McCaffrey. And if the Bucs are going to win this game, it's going to be on the defense to continue that trend of being able to contain McCaffrey. To me, you contain Christian McCaffrey, you contain the Carolina Panthers at the end of the day. So my impact player is going to be the best linebacker in the NFL that nobody ever wants to talk about, and that's Levante David. Um, That guy has a nose for the football. He can fly all over the field. His east-west speed is every bit as good as his north-south speed. And it will be on him and, of course, his his uh, partner in crime there, Devin White, as the inside linebackers to snuff out that football, make sure Christian McCaffrey isn't getting anything going. I picked Devin White as my impact player last week. He did finish tied with Levante for the most tackles of any player in that game with 11. Uh, Levante had a, a couple of pass break uh, – or a couple of tackles for loss. We need to see an even better performance – out of Levante than we did in week one if they are going to contain Christian McCaffrey and and really put a have the ability to put a stranglehold on this game Bill final thing what is your score prediction for the Bucks and Panthers
2: this is going to be a fun one um the Panthers I uh, I think are in the same situation they kind of were with the Raiders and that's, they got to score points, but this is a much tougher defense in Tampa Bay than what they saw last week uh, with Vegas. You know, the corners are obviously more experienced. Uh, They're not going up against the rookie corner this time around, like they did last week in Damon Arnett. They're of course going up against the rookie safety, but uh, still a, a hell of a good one in Antoine Winfield. And I, I just think it's going to be too much of a mismatch uh, between these receivers and the secondaries. You know, this is a, a tough spot for Troy Pride in his second game against. Even if he's not going up against Evans or Godwin, I mean, you're still looking at uh, good receivers like uh, like Scotty Miller and um, you know whatever whatever weapons the Bucks want to throw at them. So. I think the Bucks win this one, and I'm going to say I'm going to go with 31-21. Uh, Tampa Bay wins this game.
0: Bill, I can't believe you just said that. Um, when we were prepping for the show, <laughs> I wrote down segment three, impact player, and score prediction, and I wrote out what I wanted – I have 31-21 Buccaneers (laughs) in this game.
2: That's awesome.
0: There has been so much chatter on social media, on ESPN, on NFL Network. Brady's washed. Brady's washed, y'all. Max Kellerman went on a tangent. Brady's washed up. He can't do it anymore. You know, if you go back and you watch the game, yeah, there were some mistakes, But Brady looked like a much better quarterback than Drew Brees, who is, of course, you know, the quarterback of the NFC favorites to to go to the Super Bowl. Everyone is is talking Brady can't do it. Brady made a mistake. Belichick won week one with Cam Newton, yada, yada, yada. Brady's going to come out firing. I think we're looking at a three-touchdown performance from him in this one. There'll be a rushing touchdown mixed in there. And uh Ryan Suckup hopefully doesn't get a field goal blocked. But yeah, I, I before we even started, I'd written down thirty-one twenty one Buccaneers. I'm sticking with it, you're sticking with it. I uh yeah, I think it's a good prediction. Well, at least for for my listeners, it's a good prediction. Yours might yeah. be a little might be a little upset.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean and I and I picked the Panthers to win last week and that didn't turn out well, so We'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I just don't know how this secondary, and again, like I, obviously I love the safeties back there in Boston and Burris, but Evans and Godwin against pride and Rasul Douglas, if those end up being the matchups, which will probably end up being, that's Dante Jackson's probably going to be questionable at best. If those are the matchups, that's a, a huge advantage. Uh, for Tampa Bay. So that's the, that's the biggest concern for me. And like I said, if they can't get to Tom Brady, he's going to make them pay.
0: All right. Well, that is going to do it for crossover Thursdays. Please check out everything bill is doing over at the locked on Panthers podcast. Follow him on Twitter at bill underscore Ricetti. That's two C's two T's check out everything I'm doing at locked on at the locked on bucks podcast and on Twitter at jyarco underscore bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here on Crossover Thursdays.